will say that I have shed innocent blood. What's blood for, if not for shedding? I, I just can't take no pleasure in killing. Just some things you gotta do. Don't mean you have to like it. There's nothing to worry about. You're gonna be just fine. I'm your number one fan. Let her get away, mommy. Hello, all you lovers out there. This is DJ Trav. Welcome you back to HMF After Dark. <laughs> On this special late night HBO sleaze kind of recording, we are talking about Crash from 1996. So I am, of course, horror host Trav. Joining me, as always, is producer Kate. Hello. Like making her return to the show. Carly. Finally. Yes. <laughs> so what was the last movie that we talked about? Um, My Bloody Valentine, the remake. That was the last one that we did? Mm-hmm. Okay. I was like, I was thinking it was Hellraiser for some reason. I was like, I always well, have that her that was my first on. one. The kinky movies is always Carly. That's my name. <laughs> <laughs> is this your first, like, introduction to a Cronenberg film? Okay, so I, th- this is going to make me sound like a huge nerd. I watch Rick and Morty, and there's like mm-hmm. a whole entire plot line about like the Cronenbergs. So, mm-hmm. like, <laughs> what I knew about Cronenberg is like, oh, it's these, in the show, it's like these giant like body horror monsters. Mm-hmm. So, that's what I was expecting coming into this. Mm-hmm. But besides that, like, I haven't seen any of his real films. Yeah, real films, really, Carly. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah, this is kind of like one one of the films where he's making that shift into like stuff like Eastern Promises and History of Violence and stuff like that. Um, his latest one, I I believe, don't take my card for this, was a uh, Cos- Cosmopolis, I believe is how you say it, with Robert Pattinson. So it's all about like our obsession with celebrities and stuff like that. It's a pretty solid movie. So I want to get into last time we did this and I kind of liked how it went. So I wanted to get into like what we're watching and I'm going to do my book rec and socials right up top so we can dive into this thing. But Carly, what are you guys, are you watching anything or? So I oh am, boy, <laughs> I've been watching a lot of Bravo television just to like okay. pass the time. Uh, definitely not while I'm working at all. I would never do that. <laughs> I watched Loki. That was really good. <laughs> I love it. Um, I mean, besides that, I don't know. We got Luca, the new Disney movie that came out. That was cute. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Travis is like, this is the best Disney movie ever made. Crashes. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> it was the last movie Disney made. I want made. the Pixar version of Crash. Oh, that's there what you I want. Oh. I'm <laughs> So, uh, Disney movies and Marvel movies. Yeah, I haven't watched the new Suicide Squad yet, but uh, okay. that's on the list. That movie's really, really good. That's what I've heard. Yeah, the movie's really good. Kate, you watched anything? I know we just did this the other night, but... Um, there's new episodes of Grace and Frankie, so I've been mm-hmm. watching those. All right. And then this, whatever this was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, this, not necessarily a horror film, but it does certainly horrify uh, we we gathered that this is a little a little behind the curtain too. So this is like I think the last one. And spoiler alert: I have I had not seen this prior to this. So the last one oh. of the, like the last one of like neither none of us had seen it. So I think the last one that we did was what Possessor by Brandon Cronenberg. Oh, so you had never seen? I had this? never seen this. No, oh. no. I think Bolt. I think Andrew Bolt. Uh, at the end of his episode, we talked about how he was telling us like how wild this movie was and shit. Oh, so I thought you knew mm. what you were trolling us with. Uh, I knew what it was about. Oh, yeah. Okay. So I kind of knew, but yeah, not really either. Um, Interesting. Yeah. So <laughs> like I said, um, like I've been in like a, a body horror mood. So I've been watching and, you know, listening to like a bunch of stuff on body horror and stuff like that. But, but my book rec this week is consumed a novel by David Cronenberg. So I don't know if anybody, I don't know if uh, many people knew that he had gone into prose, but this is like your, 
what you would expect from a David Cronenberg book, uh, for sure. So had you seen like The Fly or? No. Really? I'm, yeah, no. Okay. All right. So you would really dig, um, and Josh would really dig as well. I think Josh went to see it with us in the theaters, but you would really dig Videodrome, I think. Okay. Of course, you would probably like The Fly. You guys just did that last week, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Videodrome with, with uh, Cousin Jakey. Uh, good thing we did not do this with Cousin Jakey, huh? Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> so this is consumed by David Cronenberg, and it's stylish and camera-obsessed. Naomi and Nathan thrive on the yellow journalism of the social media age. TikTok. They are lovers and competitors, nomadic freelancers in pursuit of sensation and depravity, encountering each other only in airport hotels and browser windows. Naomi finds herself drawn to the headlines surrounding uh, Celestine and Arrestine uh, Arsig guy. That is a weird name. Marxist philosophers and sexual libertines. Uh, Celestine has been found dead and mutilated in her Paris apartment. I'm in. Arrestine has disappeared. Police, police suspect him in killing her and consuming parts of her body. That took a dark turn. With the help of, ex, of an eccentric graduate student named Harvey Blumquist, Naomi sets off in pursuit. Nathan, meanwhile, is in Budapest photographing the controversial work of an unlicensed surgeon named Zoltan Molnar. It's hitting all like the David Cronenberg themes and shit. Once sought by Interpol for organ trafficking, after sleeping with one of Molnar's patients, Nathan contracts a rare STD called, <laughs> called Ralphie's disease. Seeking answers, he traces the discoverer of the mysterious disease to Toronto where he encounters the most interesting journalistic subject of all. These parallel narratives become entwined in a gripping dreamlike plot that involves geopolitics, 3D printing, North Korea, <laughs> and the Cannes Film Festival. Cancer and an incredibly and an incredible number of varieties sex. Consumed is an exuberant, provocative debut novel from one of the world's leading film directors. So yeah, that's the book wreck. I, like I said, I don't know if many people know that he went into, um, you know, writing novels and stuff like that. And just to get the socials out of the way, um, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at horrifying my friends and at Twitter at horrifying MF. Go on to Apple Podcasts if you dig the show and leave us a five-star review and leave us a review if you dig the show. Uh, we would greatly appreciate that. With that said, I want to, if you guys don't have anything else, I want to get into the film. Yeah, start explaining how this came to be. Okay, so Crash, the good one, <laughs> 1996, directed by David Cronenberg, written by David Cronenberg based on a novel by author J.G. Ballard. Uh, cinematography by Peter Shoshisky. Synopsis. After getting into a serious car accident, a TV director discovers an underground subculture of scarred, omnisexual car crash victims who use car accidents and the raw sexual energy they produce to try to rejuvenate his sex life with his wife. See, that's something that I didn't pick up on, that they were husband and wife. Um yeah, so, mm -hmm. <laughs> so I said, so I said this when we were watching, but Carly is totally going to like look for an accident on the way home. Um, <laughs> okay. So this is a little segment that we're going to have at the beginning of every sleazy movie that we have. Has Gonzo seen this? So what do you guys think? Definitely. Um, yeah. Yeah. He, he's seen it. <laughs> I think he recommended Listen, this to you. <laughs> I've never met the guy, but just from your stories yeah, yeah he's seen it uh he was like he was like dude um he was like yeah that he was like can you imagine uh, like james spader being james spader in the 90s <sighs> <laughs> um so this is starring james spader of course as james ballard holly hunter as dr helen remington this is no piano is it katie Elias Croteus as Dr. Robert Vaughn. Um, this is Casey fucking Jones in the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie, which that scars me a little bit. Um, Deborah Kang Unger as Catherine Ballard and Rosanna Arquette as Gabrielle. Um, so fast facts. Um, these are from mostly IMDb trivia. Like a lot of stuff about this movie is like just matter of fact, kind of like, you know, just stuff that happened with the release. Um, so I took these from IMDb Trivia. I can link it. Um, in the United Kingdom, the Daily Mail newspaper led the calls for the film to be banned from the front page headline reading, Ban This Car Crash Sex Film. 
to cover themselves against possible persecution, the BBFC consulted a QC to determine whether the film contravened the Obscene Publications Act, a psychologist to see if it could potentially incite copycat behavior in a group of disabled people to see if the character played by Rosanna Arquette would be considered offensive to them. After all three consultations proved to be successful, the BBFC were able to pass the full unrated version completely uncut. So this is a little like behind the scenes FX stuff. Because Vaughn's car becomes increasingly battered over the course of the film, the production required six vintage Lincolns. Three for vi- driving, one for smashing, one cut in half for studio shots. We know that what that means. And one converted into a pickup truck in which to rear mount the camera to capture the driver's and passenger's POVs. Sex scenes between James Ballard, so James Spader, and his secretary were filmed, but cut because because director David Cronenberg felt the actor's chemistry was too good. Uh, (laughs) um, Contravening the nature of all the other relationships in the film. So what does that say about James Spader, dude? Hunk. The lead (laughs) character's name, James Ballard, is of course the same as the character in the book. Is the author J.G. Ballard's real name? So James, he's named after the author. Um, in the novel by J.G. Ballard, in which the film derives, Vaughn's goal is to achieve sexual climax by crashing his car into a limo of Elizabeth Taylor uh, and gruesomely killing her. So it was not retained for the film. David Cronenberg explained uh, his decision not to, in that, like he said that the role of the celebrity is kind of different in you know modern times. Um, of the adaptation, author J.G. Ballard reportedly said, the movie is actually better than the book. It goes further than the book, and it is much more powerful and dynamic. Holly Hunter got this part in this film because she had been lobbying director David Cronenberg for an opportunity to work with him for years. So this was also in there, the symphrophilia, symphorophilia, coined by sexologist John Money. John Money, sorry, is a paraphilia involving sexual arousal from staging and watching disasters, such as traffic collisions. So, me and Heath. (laughs) Uh, Mechanophilia, or mechophilia, is a paraphilia involving a sexual attraction to machines, such as bicycles, motor vehicles, helicopters, ships, and airplanes. So uh, this this actually this goes into like the definition of this. Mechophilia is treated as a crime in some nations, with perpetrators being placed on a sex offender's register after perse- uh, prosecution. So that concludes the fast facts. Carly, I want to get into your head, um, not like James Spader gets into the wound, but <laughs> I want to get so what rough. your initial reaction to this movie is. Uh, well, I don't know if it's some like religious guilt (laughs) um this movie made me blush uh initially and then to be honest like i feel like there was so much sex like Mm -hmm. like i literally don't think we saw a non-sexual act committed because i it literally jumped out at me when it happened was when the wife was like picking at the sticker on her windshield Mm -hmm. that was the first thing in the whole movie that wasn't like to achieve some sexual thing so like towards the middle i was like i'm a little like tired Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) it was all very exhausting yeah i mean it was literally exhausting but Mm -hmm. i don't i i thought it was creative Mm-hmm. Um, definitely right. a good introduction to Cronenberg. <laughs> <laughs> uh, All right, Katie. Um, okay, I think I can echo a lot of your reaction. I it didn't necessarily blush. It just made me laugh a lot out of like mm-hmm. feeling awkward because it's like highly sexual. Like something I mentioned to Travis and Carly when we were watching this was it's like it was bothering me how much I could hear every single mm-hmm. breath they took. Like, and it was like that heavy breathing that you would hear on the end of an obscene phone call kind of mm-hmm. breath. Like the sound is really turned up and everyone's speaking super quietly as if they're trying to turn each other on the mm-hmm. whole movie. And like, I don't think anyone actually screams or I'm trying to remember. Any- the Howard Shore like theme is very, um, very weird at times too. It's very mechanical and stuff like that. Yeah. Like this is one of the first where I don't, remember clocking a lot of like um classical strings or anything like that Mm -hmm. it's very um like guitars and plunky sounds and Mm -hmm. 
Um, yeah, you're right. It is mechanical sounding. It makes sense. Uh, but overall, I think I was just mainly irritated by this film a lot of a lot of the way through because I was trying to understand like these people's motivations. Mm-hmm. And every time I thought I would be like, okay, so these people, this is like their fetish or like this is what they're focused on. But then they kept introducing new ones. Mm-hmm. Like the whole movie, like I have a whole list here. I won't, we can get into it later, but I have a whole list of like the different kinds of weird sexual propensities that they introduced in, in this. And so it kept throwing me off of like, why? Mm-hmm. And like, why am I, wa- like, what was the purpose of showing me all this? Um, and I think I came to something, which again, we'll get into later, but it was just kind of irritating to me as somebody who likes to try to figure out the purpose. It was, com- it's, ir- I don't know. I was irritated. <laughs> and I was especially irritated that they were trying, this film was trying to convince me that there's like some like underground society of people who fucked a car wrecks. Like it's- <laughs> well, that's like the fantasy <laughs> aspect of it. It's like kind of like fight club in that way. It's like, all right, like these guys are fucking, you know, that like the secret underground kind of society thing. I, what I noticed immediately, of course, immediately because it was up front was there, the, this film starts with three sex scenes in a row. Mm-hmm. And that is entirely on purpose out of Cronenberg's mouth because, like, he wants to, like, shock. And it's like, in a sense, he making this, he's doing what he did, you know, throughout the 80s just in a different way. But he goes on to explain that the fact that it begins with three sex scenes in a row completely freaks people out. Either way, they laugh or get upset and don't know how to deal with it. <laughs> Because some people have never seen multiple sex scenes except in a porn film. They presume that the movie's porn and react to it accordingly. Uh, They're not seeing everything that's being developed in these scenes. The conjunction of different scenes. So that's him, like, explaining his, like, method of opening the film in the way that he did. And and I agree, it's, like, jarring as fuck. Well, can I say something that might be a little unpopular? So, and I don't want to, like, derail your train of thought. Uh But, like... I don't know if that idea would follow through to today. Like, mm-hmm. I almost feel like the three sex scenes up front almost, like, wore me out. And then, like, every other time after that, I was like, this movie's getting long. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. I-, I think back then it probably did work. But, like, maybe mm-hmm. I'm just, like, as a society, like, a little desensitized mm-hmm. to that shock value. Because it wasn't that shocking mm-hmm. nowadays. But I don't know. What do you think, Kate? I admittedly did have the re- like one of the reactions that he clocked, which was like it, they just kind of laugh mm-hmm. because to me, I can laugh at it and find it ridiculous and still understand what he's trying to develop in the story. Like I think it's kind of like an insulting thing to say to like your viewers, but like no, like that's legit though. Yeah, but I I mean I'm sure some people were just, would be so distracted by it that they wouldn't really focus on what the story's de- developing as or like what people's motivations are. Mm-hmm. Um, and the character building he's doing in those scenes like i get it but it, it's still some of the, it was laughable like let, I, me, I let would, me bring up a scene a scene that was absolutely laughable okay so uh, yeah. before you read the scene i would and this may be controversial i would describe this film as a comedy but go ahead i think it is <laughs> like it's that, absurdist honestly. comedy i felt that way a lot of the time mm-hmm. but like so i have in my notes just like crying laughing emojis and then it's, how is any of this sexy? And it's a sex scene with husband and wife, James and what's her name? Catherine. I should know that's my name. In bed together. And this is after they've been tr- introduced to Vaughn, s- the scarred up guy who, who is, is like so a psychopath. Unappealing. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> and she says, like, while they're having sex, I bet his car smells of semen. And and, J- and the James character got it more does. turned on by that. He said it does. Um, she's using very clinical terms, penis, anus, stuff like that, yeah. semen. And then um, the James character is like, yes, he's he's badly scarred. And that, like, got her turned on. Like, they, like, like oh, things God. ramped up when they were saying these things. Like, he's badly scarred. Okay. Um, well, you find out he has a scar fetish later. But anyway... She's asking him, have you ever tasted semen? Mm-hmm. Some is saltier than others. Mm-hmm. Vaughn's semen must be very salty. How is that turning anyone on? It's mm-hmm. so weird. And yeah, so like t- that's 
an example of why like i laughed through so many of the sex scenes it mm-hmm. was because like the dialogue happening in them is really fucking strange it at the same time was foreshadowing things to come and i get that i kind of said oh he's probably gonna have sex with this guy later and he did i don't mean to sound like like i'm not so- trying to sound brutal at all or anything like that like i think this is literally like him doing a comedy like yeah. I think he's that was his intent. I and think. if you don't get it, you don't get it. Yeah, I think like yeah. it's just like not meant for like we've we've all like read and like seen like cringe humor and like absurdist kind of like something that I read quite a bit is like called bizarro fiction, and it's just shit that's like just wild. Like one of the stories is called uh, "Werewolf Women of the Wastelands" or something, and it's like uh, a dystopian future where McDonald's rules like America and like, like it's just, there's just a bunch of wacky shit going on mm-hmm. and it's like, kind of like idiocracy. Yes. It's fucked up, and but like, it's funny too. Dadaism was its whole thing. It's absurdist. Art Absolutely. And, yeah. I, I open this for both of you mm-hmm. to discuss. I have my own ideas or my things to pose, but what is at the root of these people's arousal to things like car crashes and scars from horrible accidents and like, these mechanical kind of fetishes what like what's going on here it's got to be like the vulnerability that comes with like that adrenaline in that moment of like mm-hmm. an accident i think probably what about you travis actually yeah i think it's like three things so carly hit on this um prior and it was a good point because i had seen it like said a couple times like when people were talking about this movie how like our fascination with cars isn't the same as it was in the eighties and nineties. So that's part of what like almost dates this movie a little bit. So um, it would be fucking, if, if you made this now, we'd all be having sex our with phones. our cell phones. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, and, and see the idea of like uh, merging with technology and like flesh is a Cronenberg idea. So I think that that's part of it. Like the, um, like the, the arousal, is like the the merging of bodies and machines, like in a car wreck. Like we've all seen those fucking like messed up videos or pictures that they showed us in like the health classes. Did you guys ever have to do that? Like they showed um, us in Driver's Ed. Mm-hmm. We saw a lot of that. So in that, like if you think about the merging of uh, technology in the body or machinery in the body, like that is literally like a car wreck is the merger, a fucked up merger. But also pain, like that's like a simple thing too. It's like a lot of these people are uh, <laughs> aroused by like severe pain. It seems like to me that's like how the fetish is presenting. Mm-hmm. But it's not like the root of it that I can see. Like, cause pain in itself, there's got to be something psychological going on. I'll pose it in a minute. But to your point about like merging human human body with technology, mm-hmm. I don't get the motivation there. You mentioned some there's some kind of sexuality related to people who are turned on by machinery, specifically mm-hmm. machinery. Have you ever seen the documentary about <laughs> objectum sexuals? Uh. Okay, it's called I Married the Eiffel Tower or something oh, yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, on YouTube. And yeah. to me, I got a very objectum sexual mm-hmm. vibe from this. Like where, yeah, people have this desire. There are some people who have, for anyone who doesn't know this, has, have a desire to actually like have sexual and romantic relationships with inanimate objects. So not just cars, but like the Eiffel Tower, like carnival rides. (laughs) (laughs) This this is in the the doc, so like I'm not making this up. Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't understand. Fences are a big thing too. What's the name of the... We should pause and like you should look up the name of the documentary. It's it's called I Married the Eiffel Tower. Okay. Okay. because yeah, this woman goes and humps the Eiffel Tower. Um, That's so cute. Yeah, so like build immediately arrested. <laughs> buildings. Um, this same woman was had many sexual relationships with like um, she was an archer with her mm-hmm. like bow and arrow, like her bow and stuff. And then fences were like co- very common. So there's something about the geometry of it all. I don't. Again, I don't understand the motivation or if there's mm-hmm. some special thing you have to have in your brain but for this film for this film <laughs> i mean it is what like i asked it's my, out. yeah i asked myself <laughs> i was like is it the adrenaline is it the notion that someone could be dead mm-hmm. is it the notion that they themselves could have died like you said carly is it 
like this vuln- vulnerability that they can't, they, for whatever reason, can't feel it within any other way. So they're like, they have to seek in this extreme ways. Is it s- seeing the cars or s- like smelling and seeing and hearing what a crash is? Cause like they did show James like sniffing the air of the crash and like the photography is like big on like the visual of it all. Like, and I'm just like, it's kind of all of these things, but at the, at the root, I was like, what could it be? Is it how some people fetishize their own traumas? You know, like girls with daddy issues often like go for really old dudes and that turns them on. Like, is it that, is it that these people all experience some kind of trauma related to it? And so then they fetishized it. And it's like, maybe just like pointing out that that's a thing humans do. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It, it, Sorry. Go ahead. Well, maybe I was going to say maybe we could like take the car out of the equation and relate it to like any fetish. So like even like comparing it to Hellraiser, I mean, those people are taking in that situation, it's violence and it's pain and like they start small and then they keep pushing and pushing and pushing until you're literally like getting in bed with like a Cenobite or Cenobites, right? <laughs> yeah, <the> Cenobite, <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, but maybe it's. Maybe it's not about the car. Maybe it's just about the fetish of its in and of itself. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. But every fetish has to develop from something, no? Dudes are like, um, well, I shouldn't say like dudes, like in particular, but it's always weird to me. And maybe this is just me, but like, it, I think I feel like this is partly like an extreme, like, um, like an extreme commentary on like dudes obsession over like their cars and people's obsession over like their lawns and people's obsession over just like stupid shit like that. Like, you know, we've all seen those guys that like wax their car like daily (laughs) and shit. And it's like, why is he doing that? You know what I'm saying? So maybe this film is like an absurdist kind of commentary on that. Maybe if this helps at all, um, according to David Cronenberg, a part of what this movie is about So what he says, what if you didn't have that moral stance? What is all the moral? What if all the moral stances are false or at least belong to the past and are no longer valid? A truly existential take on a modern life. We have no values. We can create any value we want. So Carly, what do you think about that? I don't know. I mean, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) It's kind of like Josh with his vinyls. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, in the end, I mean, is he basically saying, like, nothing really matters? We can sort of, like, go into whatever we want and pursue it as far as we can? Yeah, I guess what he's saying is, who decided what's considered weird? Like, who drew the line at Mm -hmm. anything past this is weird or um, not, quote-unquote, normal? Mm -hmm. I I think you see a lot of art doing (laughs) doing this, like, doing something that you personally would never think of and Mm -hmm. it's not because you're necessarily some like person who's been repressed by you know centuries of puritan ideals passed down in in american culture or whatever it's probably just because you personally would never ever think like i saw a car crash and now i want to jerk someone off like (laughs) it's just not a thing that comes to your head (laughs) Like, I feel like what he's kind of getting at, too, and you touched on this, but it's kind of like the the idea of the social construct of, like, like why do we behave and act the way we do? And what is right and wrong? Like you said, who draws the line? Yeah. And something I mentioned in, I think, Videodrome, our Videodrome episode, which is also Cronenberg, Cronenberg Month. Mm -hmm. Go back and listen to it if you haven't. Was that movie made me, like, one, feel, like, shocked or disgusted and then it made me ask myself like well why do i give a shit Mm -hmm. um and in it's different in this film because in videodrome these people were kind of doing these things to themselves like they were uh opting into it and you know consenting to these like violent acts being happening to them whereas in this film the act of a car crash when they were doing the reenactments those people that was consensual i don't have a problem if you want to go and like practically kill yourself go ahead not my problem mm-hmm. but with this it's different because these people's fetishes are affecting the actual lives and physical abilities of 
random strangers who have not consented to this kind of thing Mm -hmm. and that to me is a step over the line and so Mm -hmm. maybe that can get us into this discussion of like where's the line and when your fetish threatens my life i have a problem with your fetish Mm -hmm. you know yeah because you wouldn't want to be on a fucking plane where the pilot's like i gotta take this motherfucker down (laughs) (laughs) he's got like one hand in his pants and shit yeah so i guess it's that for me (laughs) carly what do you think about that I I mean I totally agree in the sense that like <laughs> Carly's at a loss for her. I am. I mean this movie was totally I don't think I would have sought this movie out if you mm-hmm. hadn't uh, had me watch it. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, I mean I totally agree that as soon as someone else's rights or you know their life gets threatened by someone else's fetish, it's totally over the line and I mean, basically exactly what you said. <laughs> yeah, I have another question to pose. Sorry, this okay. movie, like, for as silly as I first thought it was after we after it wrapped, obviously it poses some big questions that are like good conversation starters. So, mm-hmm. like, take these, you know, and have a weird conversation with your friends, listeners. But anyway, um, so what did you guys? What sense did you make of what Vaughn said? Um, I call him Vaughn. I don't know what his actual. If he has yeah, like his a name full, is Vaughn, his I name believe. is Vaughn. Yeah. Um, I don't know. You said like doctor or something. It's Doctor anyway. Vaughn something. Oh, he got a doctorate. But anyway, um, so he says, I'm gonna read the quote out to you because it's a, a, when I googled and was trying to piece together because we literally just watched it, so I didn't want to mm-hmm. have to like rewind it and make you guys wait for me to type out the full, like monologue <laughs> that mm-hmm. he had. Um, this is the part in the film where he actually is in the car with James and he's like kind of breaking down his motivation like why he does this why he stages these car crashes and why he seeks out car crashes on you know when he's driving around and he finds his like recruits and then he stalks them and does all these things and he says after james says something along the lines of yeah basically i get horny by this but i don't know why and vaughn says that's the future ballard and you're already a part of it you're beginning to see that for the first time there's a benevolent benevolent psychopathology that beckons towards us. For example, the car crash is a fertilizing rather than a destructive event. A liberation of sexual energy mediating the sexuality of those who have died with an intensity that's impossible in any other form. Now to experience that, to live that, that's my project. What'd you make of that? Carl, you want to start? Well, I think when we were watching this, I had said I'd voiced that like I really didn't feel like these characters had a ton of personality. I felt like their personality was their fetish. And I think like the first thing that I drew from that quote was like this guy wasn't prioritizing anything else in his life except for like pursuing that fetish. And basically, you know, he wasn't going to stop until he got that and everyone else around him who wanted it got that as well. So I mean, that's the first thing that I thought of when I was, you know, watching that part. Can you read that line again? Yeah. The whole thing? Mm-hmm. Uh, is it, like, really long? Like, yeah. Really, really long? <laughs> Let's uh, break it down, like, bit by bit. How about that? Mm-hmm. So, um, he says, there's a benevolent psychopathology that beckons towards us. I would argue that their psychopathology, if you consider this psychopathology, mm-hmm. because they are, in the end, killing people on purpose... Mm-hmm. James and Vaughn are killing people on purpose. They're getting pleasure from it. That is psychopathology. I don't know why he calls it benevolent other than that he's crazy and he thinks it's benevolent. Yeah. That he's doing these people that he's killing a favor. Like he's not. Mm-hmm. Um, that don't make sense to me. That's gobbledygook. Um, what else? For example, he says the car crash is a fertilizing rather than destructive event. So it's a car crash makes something blossom. It's not just destruction. In fact, he would argue it's not destruction at all. It's making something blossom. Yeah, for him. He's saying when people are traumatized in a car crash, it opens up. And this movie kind of paints it this way, too, because mm-hmm. they only show are showing people in car crashes who have become very sexually turned on by car crashes and the like. Um, they don't they show some victims that yeah. are either dead or just disoriented, but you don't see what happens to them after. So, again, that's just, I think, this is the manifesto of a crazy person to me Mm -hmm. so far. He says, um, a liberation of sexual energy mediating the sexuality 
of those who have died. So I took that as like reconciling the sexuality of those who have died. Mediating reconciling is kind of similar in meaning. And I'm like, what the fuck does that even mean? There's like a dead person's sexuality doesn't need reconciled or mediated. Maybe I'm stupid and I don't get it. Correct me. Well, and to be fair, we just watched this. So Mm. it's like one of those things that we're going to have to like stew over and stuff. Um, Yeah, that. One thing that we didn't talk about is like, well, we talked about how this was like a commentary and stuff, and we're well into the themes and stuff, but just our fascination with like accidents and tragedies. I felt like one, one scene that was like really fucked up was when he, they came across that, that wreckage and he's like on the scene taking pictures of it and stuff. Kind of reminded me of Nightcrawler with Jake Gyllenhaal, um, where he's like the, he like chases the ambulances around and takes pictures of them and shit. Um, but it's like our fascination with a lot of this like fucked up stuff and slowing down to see accidents and other people's tragedies uh our our fascinations with looking into tragedies like the the whole scene on the James Dean uh crash mm-hmm. like there are legit people that are like obsessed with that fucking event and mm-hmm. you know um and that's kind of like a like a commentary and like all the conspiracy theorists yeah, uh, interested in JFK's murder. Absolutely. And Princess <laughs> Diana's crash and uh-huh. like all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's dead on. Like, cause Princess Diana's crash has like a bunch of conspiracies about it too. Like people are obsessed with that. Fucking yeah. But event. are they jerking off about it? Probably. Uh, so, some wackos out there probably are. Yeah. I, I, I would guarantee at least one. <laughs> one yeah. dude. Yeah. I, I, I would bet safely. Yeah. on one guy out there probably yeah so i i mean his claim is that like you can't get this kind of feeling and this intensity of this kind of feeling without mm-hmm. ramming your car into another person not knowing if you're gonna live or die it's an extreme uh movie <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. it's really, definitely I mean, psychopathic to, yeah. like these mm-hmm. guys these guys like want Vaughn's already off the deep end of being a psychopath and he mentions like that he uses this like kind of first story he tells people like that his kind of mission is you know merging or basically reinventing the human body using technology modern technology being cars um and he he admits that that's kind of like just this the entry-level story he tells people until he can gauge how psychopathic you are and bring you into his world and tell you the truth which is what he tells him in that car um so yeah there's definitely mm, there's a major sort of mental illness kind of component oh yeah no for sure for sure uh one thing that you said carly that i absolutely agree with is this is like a very cold film like there's Mm -hmm. almost like it's just these characters that are all fucked up like and you're almost like a voyeur like just watching them do these fucked up acts like over and over again it's very voyeuristic (laughs) sometimes like scene to scene like there's it's they're having sex with a whole different partner and like, you know, you know, in a, in a different car or. I mean, even the color palette of this movie is very mm-hmm. uh, gray, blue, mm-hmm. black. You don't see a ton of warmth. Mm-hmm. So I think that's all very purposeful. Same with the music. There's not a lot of warm instruments that, br- that are bringing that in. Mm-hmm. And like you said, this is all purpose purposeful, but it's like. None of the, like you said, uh, I think you guys said this earlier, but like none of the sex seems like hot at all or anything. Mm-hmm. Like it's all very, <laughs> like it's all very cold. Like everything in the movie's cold. Um, it's just a fascinating movie, man. It's fucking bonkers. Do we want to jump to the ending? Yes. Okay, let's talk about the ending before we get into. So don't don't lose us, listeners. We still are going to talk about favorite scenes and mm-hmm. that kind of thing. If you have any, uh, my favorite scene <laughs> is the sex scene in this movie. That's yes. <laughs> so like all 100 of them how many minutes of this movie features like nude like nudity do you think how long is it yeah like how how long is the film in total (laughs) let's see it's like kind of one of those scarface things with the f word or fuck i should say uh this is an hour and 40 minutes so i'd say an hour and 30 minutes sex legit like legit probably it's if, if it's not overtly sexual like in that people are doing sexual acts, mm-hmm. then they are breathing on each other or, you know, they have this look of want and like desperation in their eyes. Like they want to touch someone mm-hmm. and they want to have sex so bad. So it's like, it's always there mm-hmm. regardless. Like the spilling of the liquid too. 
Like there's several scenes where you hear liquid spilling and it's like whack off scenes. Yeah. And then gasoline spilling out of the wrecks. Mm-hmm. Maybe Gross. we're all wrecks and we all spill. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's the theme in this movie. Which, you know, we are all wrecks, I guess. All right. So just to remind anybody who hasn't seen this in a <laughs> and for to remind you guys what happens at the end because we literally just watched it vaughn is dead james has killed vaughn he's run him off the road mm-hmm. and he's dead and so now he's like vaughn too um and so he is chasing his wife in a, in his car and she's in her car <laughs> okay she's driving a convertible he fl- flipped her over like into a ditch or a median or something mm-hmm. off of a ramp. I don't know. And she miraculously has almost no injuries that we can tell. She's just like laying outside of the car, not a scratch on her, mm-hmm. um, laying there. And he's like, are you okay? And she's like, no, I think I'm fine. And she seems pretty disappointed by it. Um, Cause I think her fetish is that she wants to die. She's fascinated with death. Um, Cause she's like, Earlier in the film, she says something like, they bury the dead so fast, they should leave them lying around for months. Like, she's obsessed with death. She describes these, like, his car crash that he originally has and describes the dead guy and all the blood everywhere, you know. Um, So she's really fascinated by this. um, And she always has this glazed over look in her eyes. Like, when someone should be experiencing pleasure, she looks like she's, like, in a far off world. Like, she'd rather be... She almost looks dead sometimes. Mm-hmm. She talks, like, with no inflection and no emotion. Almost like she's emotionally dead. Anyway, um, so she's lying there, seeming disappointed she's not dead. And James, who is, like, really excited to kill people. He's killed two people at this point, I think. This would be his... His wife would be his third. Um, and he's like, what does he say? He's like, maybe next time, maybe next time, mm-hmm. maybe next time. Meaning I'm, I'm assuming like maybe next time I'll kill you like you want. Um, and so part of me is like, well, does she want to die or is she just being consumed by his addiction where she wants to please him? And this is the only thing that would, well, he had, am I the one that read it that way? He I don't had know. said maybe next time at the beginning of the film, um, when she was hooking up with her flight instructor. And he asked, like, oh, did he finish? And uh, she was like, no. And he's like, well, maybe next time. Yeah, or that did he say, was... did she or did he? I, I don't remember. I don't think I we mm. see her actually have an orgasm at all this whole film. She has a lot of sex scenes, too. It's Cray. Yeah, this movie. Um... So, yeah, what is it? Is she being consumed by his addiction and she's trying to please him in that he wants to kill he wants to kill someone in a car crash because that was his original trauma. He was in this car accident and killed a person. Like, is he wanting to just relive that and she wants to please him so she's doing it? Or do, or does she actually, has she always wanted to just die? I think that she gets pleasure out of this too, though. Like, because she, she's the one like describing Vaughn and shit like that. Um, and that one, <laughs> that one scene that you were talking about earlier. <laughs> let's just get into favorite scenes then i'm confused by that i think i kind of get the ending Mm -hmm. but i also don't know definitively what they were what they were getting at there and see it won't ever be definitive because like i genuinely don't think that there's a guy out there that is like wants to get in rex to finish and shit like i don't think that shit exists it's just like absurd this mm-hmm. movie made it seem like you like spit in one direction. You're going to hit 30 guys and yes. women who feel that way. <laughs> yes. I know. That's why I said at the beginning, I'm annoyed that they're trying to make me f- believe that there is mm-hmm. like an uh-huh. actual under underworld of these people. <laughs> uh. So it's like we're, we're dealing with these like very messed up characters. So it's like that ending is just like, I don't know what's going to happen after that, but it's probably not going to be very good. I, yeah, I mean, this is the whole film, the, the whole arc of it is just him going from initial trauma to how far can he take it? Like, he's gone as like, far as he can, and he's just seeking the same high that he got the first time he killed someone mm-hmm. for the rest of his life, I guess, till he gets killed himself, just like Vaughn and Seagrave, the stunt driver and all that. <laughs> yeah, that shit you was know? bizarre, too. <laughs> Yeah, he was like dressed as a uh, what was it, Jane Mansfield? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that show was bizarre, dude. Uh, Carly, why don't we get some of your favorite scenes? Um, 
Well, I think the shining star of this movie was the sex worker in the parking garage because she had the most personality out of anyone (laughs) where she was like, oh, you know, two for 150, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, I loved her. Uh, She didn't get enough screen time, in my opinion. (laughs) I wonder if they ever referenced this in The Office, like Robert California. Well, he's the lizard king. Um. Shoot, I just had one. It has to be one with Mrs. Incredible because, I mean, like, we got to see her singular nipple, like, probably 30 five times. times. I mean, this, times. this brings up something Carly and I were saying the entire movie. They only ever show you one nipple. It's like one nipple at a time. Every woman in the film has two breasts, and they would only ever show you one. I don't understand why. <laughs> I don't get it. You can see, I, this is something I said too. You can see full bush. They show full bush uh-huh. several times, but only one nipple. You can't see two nipples. And you never see a dick. No. Or I don't even think you see a man's ass. It's all female nudity, with the exception of scars, but that doesn't count. On the men, like it's just like his torso. Mm-hmm. You know, what's with that? And David Cronenberg, why didn't you show the man the men having sex? It's uh yeah, it's female nudity and then gashes in your leg. <laughs> yeah. That was the nastiest part I've ever seen. That was the most no, it wasn't part, on but... the gash. No, it wasn't. The nastiest part. Oh, the tattoo. <laughs> okay, this has become not favorite scenes, but like nastiest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's yeah, it's when they were licking each other's fresh tattoos mm-hmm. <laughs> that are literally open wounds with their dirty mouths. I literally almost vomited. You were out of the room, Travis. You went to the bathroom uh-huh. or something. It brings a new meaning to couples tattoos because, I mean, like, you don't oh my God. Ne- You don't see that a lot. Yeah, you're right. That did kind of bond them, didn't it, in mm-hmm. a weird way? Of all the things. A tattoo? That seems so, like, pedestrian and, like, benign. Yeah. Compared to what they've been up to. What is a medical tattoo? I've never heard of a medical tattoo. It's not tattoo. a thing. Okay. That I know of. Let me Google it, actually. Probably like black market kind of shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it probably is. Oh, okay. So medical oh, no. tattooing, I guess, is a thing, but not like that they are done in a hospital or anything. Oh. A lot of what I'm finding is like people get medical tattoos to like cover scars and they oh. get or they get like some kind of medical symbol or something important medical information like i'm allergic to nuts or whatever um like tattooed on them well he did but, get it over his abdomen scar so maybe that's actually what they were talking yeah, about. yeah but usually it's to like make them i don't know i've heard of women for instance who've gotten mastectomies get tattoos mm-hmm. so that you know their breasts look a little more like their old breasts like i don't know i wonder if that was like a symbol or something well he said it was group. yeah he said it was some kind of prophecy mm-hmm. but i'm like what this is again i think this is guys just nuts would you guys go to one of those meetings? The I 100% car, would. The car crash? Yeah. yeah for a sure. car crash reenactment? Yeah. That'd I be can awesome. literally see like my brother buying tickets to that. <laughs> like, <laughs> that'd be awesome, dude. I don't even like watching fights, so no. Oh. I would not. So favorite it, scenes? Yeah, sure. If you have any, go ahead. I thought of my... The, um, what's her... Helen Hunt. Is that her name? No. No. Holly Hunter. Mrs. Incredible. When she was okay. watching the... Um, the, it was basically porn for her, I guess, the crash dummy, uh-huh. and it, like, freezes. That was, like, one of the scenes where I was like, oh, this is actually, like, a little intense and enjoyable. Um, but, yeah, that, that was one of my favorites. Yeah, when it when the the VCR was, like, freezing, mm-hmm. and she, like, was legit acting like she was going to lose her shit <laughs> if she didn't see the resolution of that the car mm-hmm. crash. Wow. It was, like, edging her, you know? Yeah, that was a good one. Um, you actually got to see some real emotion coming mm-hmm. out of these people that wasn't just i need sex i'm seeking <laughs> sex i'm seeking to be f- horny like that's kind of their whole thing was just they just wanted to feel horny and they like their whole lives revolved around when they were going to get their next orgasm kate's gonna go home and watch this that's again. a problem She's like, i have to understand <laughs> <That's>, this movie <laughs> it's just like sex addiction mm-hmm. yeah anyway um one of my scenes that i had marked in here it made me feel disgusted <laughs> <laughs> but I did really like the scene where they're like one it was uh, absurd just like Travis has pointed out it was absurd in a lot of ways but when they were driving by this huge they don't know what the car crash is like the purpose of it like who caused it whatever they just see a car crash and they're like all 
you know, their teeth are fucking gnawing. They're so excited about it. And they, you know, they stop in the middle of it and they're wandering around this um, accident site. And there's first responders all over the place, supposedly so distracted that they can't tell people to get mm-hmm. off of a scene like this. So they're like taking photos. Like Vaughn and Catherine go off and have an actual photo shoot. Like she's sitting mm-hmm. down in like <laughs> this mm-hmm. car and he's taking photos of her trying to look sexy. And um you find out Seagrave is the stunt guy who's probably had so many concussions that he don't even know his name <laughs> and he's like dressed as jane mansfield because like and vaughn's like oh man you couldn't wait for me and he starts to go like to a place that he hadn't gone yet in the film i don't think yet where he was just like maniacal maniacal mm-hmm. about how like excited he was and like mixed with some like disappointment that he didn't get to see it happen live um, but he's so excited that Seagrave is dead. Like it was all very bizarre mm-hmm. and very absurd. Um, and I just, I thought it was a really cool scene. And luckily the dog definitely looks fake. So mm-hmm. the dead dog is not really a dead dog. Yeah. Um, you know what my favorite scene is? It's when he fucks the leg wound. <laughs> like that's my favorite scene. <laughs> that scene is awesome. Yeah. You notice Carly's and mine are all, like, there's almost no like sex in the scenes. Like yeah. we, we like the only scenes that don't really have that. Yeah, yeah, my yeah, that scene was killer. <laughs> it was very shocking. Mm-hmm. Also, were they trying to say that the car salesman was also like into this kind of stuff? Because he was getting a little like shaky too. Mm, I think. Well, I think he was nervous because he ha- is going to have to explain to his boss why the upholstery in this expensive car is ripped up. So you don't think he was into that at all? I think he saw her dressed sexy, grabbing her thigh pretty high. She was. <laughs> So she, I think, has the whole objective sexual thing because, like, she was literally humping this car and saying it turned her on. I think he was turned on by that notion. Like, there's a hot woman, mm-hmm. yeah, with disabilities. So what? They can be hot, and that she was into his cars as much as he probably is. That I think got him, but I don't think he was like, I want to fuck a car. Maybe you never know. Apparently, they're all over the place, and we just don't know. Yeah, like I said, we have this fascination of, like, muscle cars and, you know, like, sexy cars and shit like that. I've never understood it. I've never understood it either, but Mm -mm. it definitely exists. But, yeah, that has to be my favorite scene. That scene's fucking awesome. Yeah, the scene. Okay, so what did Rose say? Who was her surgeon? So, yeah, this is the woman (laughs) who's walking around. Her whole body's in a brace, practically. And uh, James' character is, like trying to like almost ready to have sex but the first time he takes a glimpse of her scar on the back of her Mm -hmm. leg which is like the worst stitch job i've ever seen it's Um, almost like they did it themselves which they probably did no they didn't (laughs) that's what it fucking looked like no the hospital would have taken care of that but anyway like it's the worst i've ever seen and he the first time he ever sees it his eyes light up Mm -hmm. so like you know he's turned on by it for every reason and yeah, he lifts her leg up and then has sex with her leg, and she's into it for some. Also, yeah, he licks for it. also, he licks it. how is she like into it? Like, I don't understand. Uh, I don't need to understand. This movie's crazy. They weren't this hurting. Is a wild ride. What this I, movie's hard to talk about yeah. for some reason. I don't know. It's like an experience. It's like a drug experience or something. Maybe like, this movie's crazy. I wouldn't do that <laughs> drug again. I don't think. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, we've talked about a lot of things we probably would never have talked about. So there's that. I don't know. We talk about a lot of shit, like in our fucking group. (laughs) I know we do, but never in this kind of context. (laughs) Like analyzing a film. This is like analyzing a porno or something. And then he put the pizza box down. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So do we want to go around? I don't have any money. Oh God. She says, I'm stuck. Can you get me out of here? <laughs> He's like, I take Apple Pay. It's okay. <laughs> um, so do we want to go around and give like our final reaction to this bizarre, bizarre film? Go ahead. Carly, what you got? Carly. <sighs> okay. So I, I'm going to come off as such a stick in the mud. Mm-hmm. I would not watch this movie again. Um, at around like an hour mark, it started to feel like it was long i thought that the idea was creative i don't know am i giving it a rating already yeah, yeah. out of five um okay i'd give it a 
a two out of five because okay. uh, 50 percent feels too high <laughs> so mm. a two out of five <laughs> i'm sorry <laughs> kate um okay i think as you can probably tell by the tone of my voice throughout most of this i'm irritated probably because trav didn't give me enough time to noodle on it to think about it because we literally just watched and jumped into the studio um so maybe my i'd be more of a fan of it if i had a night to sleep on it but for now i think i'm gonna give it a three out of five initial reaction i cannot say i was not entertained but as carly mentioned at a certain point i did get really kind of bored of the sex scenes and i almost just phased out like i know for instance there was a scene with um the two women having a sex scene in the car Mm -hmm. and there was no point in it that i could tell and i don't even think i paid attention to it You, you tell me what i missed i don't think i missed anything right it was just them embracing making out humping each other in a car mm-hmm. for what to balance out the the man-on-man action that happened before uh, that at least fulfilled a foreshadowing <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but this one didn't mean anything and it was kind of purposeless other than maybe to turn dudes on so like that kind i don't of think stuff. sex in this turns dudes i, I don't know certain dudes would probably be the sex in this is like is presented as like so cold and shit though like, I don't know. I think some people like that, though. I, Probably. I, at the end of the day, I was, I almost got bored and de- I was completely desensitized to the sex. Like, it mm-hmm. didn't even make me laugh at, at a certain point because there had been so much of it. Maybe mm-hmm. that's the point. You of almost it all. start to, like, crave the story. It's like, can we, can someone, like, finish so that we can, like, exactly. find out what's going like, next? No pun intended. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, a lot of the time I'm like, I know they're showing me this guy's character development. Mm-hmm and his his arc but that's not really a plot in itself like Mm -hmm. there is a there is something missing in there is no in that there's no real story and i i said several times i don't care if any of these people die kill them all Mm -hmm. like go ahead go kill yourself in a crash like i did not care (laughs) Mm -hmm. and i don't know if i'm supposed to or not and i guess it doesn't really matter but this movie shows a lot of edging and it, this movie edged me in that, like, I want the satisfaction of, like, a purpose and a meaning and a story. And I didn't get it. And so it just left me unsatisfied. Mm-hmm. So, for what it's worth, Roger Ebert gave this movie a three and a half out of four. So what does that say about him? Uh, he says, it's like a porno movie made by a computer. It downloads gigabytes of information about sex. It discovers our love affair with cars. And it combines them <laughs> in a mistaking, mistaken algorithm. The result is challenging, courageous, and original. A dissection of mechanics of the mechanics of pornography. I admired it, although I cannot say I liked it. It goes on a bit too long. Afterward, I found myself wishing a major director would lavish this kind of love and attention on a movie about my fetishes. So a movie about feet, I'm guessing. <laughs> um, hey, he's... All right. He's so I, <laughs> Have some respect. <laughs> so he... Um, I would give this a three out of five. I think not my favorite Cronenberg. Um, I do enjoy, like I said, like I read a lot of bizarro fiction and shit. I do enjoy like some kinds of stuff like this, but yeah, this film was like, it it was very, very cold. I think it's like Cronenberg's attempt at a comedy and it's very fucked up and very cold. Um, Now we know something about you. You like oh, I read a, all kinds you, of messed up stuff. You like a love story, don't you? No. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you really do. You needed something warm and cozy yeah. and lovey-dovey. You this did. This is about as lovey as I get. <laughs> yeah. Right. And crash. Okay. Um, but yeah, I would I would rate this like a three out of five. Not like, not the strongest Cronenberg, um, but still. This was actually released on the Criterion 4K, by the way. We watched it on Blu-ray tonight. Um, it just came out this last year. Um, so that was like a huge release and it's available at all your Barnes and Nobles. So go check this out. Before, uh, buy before, for your kid, you know? Oh my God. Yeah. Before we close it out, are you guys glad you've seen this? Absolutely. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I feel like I stayed up too late or I woke up out of my slumber as a 13 year old kid mm-hmm. in the basement and the TV's still on and HBO is still on too, and I just—I <laughs> feel gross now, like very gross. All right, I think I'm—I'm I'm somewhere in the middle of okay. where you guys are on that spectrum. So 
that's that yeah i like i said um i dig a lot of stuff kind of in the same vein but this movie something kind of fell flat for me in a way but it's yeah i would rate it a three and a half out of or three out of five but yeah thank you for joining us carly for for this weird weird movie yeah, it's next time, can you guys have me on for like something a little bit more, like something demonic or like? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah it'll be like some kinky demonic oh, thing God. or something. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, thank you for joining us. I hit the socials at the beginning. Um, so I think that is a wrap. Yeah. Bye. 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 Fine, my friends. <laughs>